Hello, podsters, and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. We are both professors and co-faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And we really like talking about teaching, learning, and other stuff. And today we're going to be focusing on other stuff. So we're going to be talking about 10 tips we use to get it together. And I'm going to say it just like that get it together. Uh, we have a special guest today, uh, Miss Cheryl Colin, our instructional media developer here in the Center for Teaching and Learning at GCC in Arizona. You might remember we gave her a shout out in episode three. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it now. Uh, that was our episode on discussions and we are excited to have her here. Welcome Cheryl to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hi Beth. Hi Tanisha. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and we, we are going rogue today. So so we're not following our traditional script or our traditional template. We are just going to go with our top 10 tips. And these are things that we do or have done to get ready for a semester. Yes. Get it together. Get it mm-hmm. together. So we'll, I guess, start with number 10, right? Because we're going mm-hmm. David Letterman style here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number 10, uh, number 10 is start thinking about the transition from summer to work and how to make that transition easier. That one was provided by Beth. So Beth, do you want to expand on that one a little bit? I'm going to say that uh, approaching 30 years of teaching, this is one that I still can't really get absolutely right. I still really struggle with the transitions in and out of a school year. So I'm putting it in there and just keeping it low key. Think about it. I feel like even if I'm bringing it to my attention that, okay, this change is about to happen, things are going to get busier, um, that maybe that'll help me a little bit be less shocked. Yeah, by how busy you are right at the start of the semester when you're just slammed. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it. Try to get it together. I I agree. I think it's very, very important to really think about that transition because for many of us, not just faculty, but even for some staff here on campus, things are a lot slower, right? Mm -hmm. And during the summer hours, the pacing's a little bit different. Uh, It's definitely a little bit more, you know, it's slow. So you know, you want to, I think, really work on the transition. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very, very mm-hmm. good tip. Okay. Tip nine. Tip nine. Tip, tip nine, I have to say, comes from Dr. Holly Batzel, who is the principal at Bioscience. And you can kind of tell when you hear it, it sounds like it comes from a school leader. Um, but when I asked her for one of her tips, she said she thinks about her personal mission at the start of every school year. What is her personal personal mission? What, Why is she doing what she's doing? And that really kind of helps her uh, get centered and get back into it. And um, so I I thought that was good. And that's something I, I don't think I've ever really, I don't know that I've ever done that, thought of it in big picture, in a big picture way like that. Yeah. So I like that one. Which I think is also important to ask yourself why are you here why do you do what you do what what is your overall mission what do you want to accomplish mm-hmm. um, especially the what you want to accomplish piece um, but I think in order to fulfill our missions it's very important to have goals you like that segue very good, yes. very good. that was my segue to number eight so bad <laughs> 
Beth. Beth shared this one. So Beth, and, what is number and eight? And I, I, I want Cheryl to jump in too whenever she wants to jump in and say something. So. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'll yeah. do yes. that. Yes. And I'll say I value um, and 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 that's really important because I really value Cheryl's perspective because I think she's amazing and we respect her so much and she's the reason why we are on air. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's really important to include the staff perspective as well because they are a part of our community staff faculty and students we need staff we need everyone here but especially staff to keep the ship afloat so I think it's very important to include multiple perspectives especially staff perspectives uh, because they're they're going through it just like we are too so Cheryl please jump in anytime uh, especially with number eight Beth you want to share number eight um, yeah, I just, I usually set some goals for the semester and not a lot, maybe two or three. And, um, it just gives me something to focus on and make sure that I make sure that I'm continuously working on that one thing that I wanted to work on for the year. So for example, I might even just say something basic, like, um, continue revamping my 50, 50 hybrid class. Right. right. And then, like, that's my goal, but it's also kind of my focus that that's what I'm gonna, really going to be working on, making improvements in that course. Right. And Cheryl, can you relate to this tip as far as setting goals oh, for yes. yourself? Uh, yes, because especially in the CTL, we're kind of a service organization. And so, um, other people's needs we you know we're trying to fulfill and trying to meet but if we don't do any goal setting ourselves then we tend to just not make any of those achievements so like I set a goal to um, present somewhere could be an online conference it could be but not just here at GCC but to present with somebody and then you know I've identified something but if I hadn't even set that goal we're going to apply later this week so hopefully we'll get it. But um, if I hadn't even set that goal, I would have forgotten mm-hmm. about it by now. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Do you also find it helpful to write them down? Like I know some people find yes. writing goals to be very helpful. I have a system. I, I use this app called Trello. Okay. I put all of my goals in there. Yes. It, you, it gives you little cards and then you can list out things. And you can say whether it's in progress or not. It, I don't want to geek out too much about it, but... It's extremely helpful. It's too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely helpful to um, write them down and then have a place to keep track. Yes. And I think another important thing when it comes to goals, and I'm just going to tag on to this, is, and I tell this to my students in my small group communication class, that when you set goals, it's very important for them to be specific. They also need to uh, result in an outcome if possible, right? Like yours is presenting, right? You, there's evidence that shows that has that has been completed I can point at you can point yep. at it right <laughs> you can see it and also that it's achievable right because we want goals that are achievable like if I was to wake up and say I want to play in the WNBA like that is not an achievable goal for Tanisha you can do it no Tanisha you maybe could cannot. but not in one semester <laughs> no absolutely not it would t- I could have all the practice and training in the world sports are not my forte and I have an experience that connects to that but that's a different story for a different podcast but uh it's very important for them to be achievable right like this is i can do this in a semester i can do this in two years i think that's an an important thing to Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. okay tip number seven tip number seven this comes from me which is an obvious one but my tip is don't procrastinate 
okay? Don't procrastinate. I know it's obvious, but I think we as, you know, faculty and staff, we need to be reminded that everything can't be done in 20 minutes, right? There are some things that really require you to prepare ahead of time to get it done. Um, we encourage our students not to procrastinate, so we need to hold ourselves to the same standards. So, Cheryl, what do you think about that? I was that? just thinking that everything takes longer than you think it will. Right. In general, and especially in my world with tech stuff, like sending out an email isn't that simple because, oops, first I had to find a picture and compose right. some text. Oh, and then I need to go get the time of that event or whatever. Like, there's always a little bit more to it than just, you know, tossing it out and it's done. Right. So, yeah things take longer than you think don't procrastinate that's a good tip right and mm -hmm. I think it's also helpful because I think procrastination is a key contributor to our stress mm -hmm. you know when I was in more of a really busy stressful time you know I thought to myself well one of the reasons why I'm stressed is I think I can do everything in 20 minutes and I can't so mm -hmm. you know I realized that after taking the time to plan things out a little bit better it's not as stressful or pressure filled because I yeah. took the time right mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. Next tip. Next tip also comes from me, Tanisha, and it is uh, organize, organize slash declutter slash clean your workspace or spaces before accountability week. So <laughs> can we just say that um, for our listeners who don't know what accountability week is, um, for, for us, it is the week before these students come to classes and so if you don't call it that, you probably, as a teacher, still have days that you come in before the students do. So same thing. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and I usually say do this before accountability week because usually sometimes the times when you're required to come back to campus, it's filled with meetings. It's filled with uh, a lot of different things that are scheduled and you right. may find yourself pressed for time. So I think it's nice to have the ability that, you know, if you came in before you're required to come back to campus and clean out your space, at least that way the week that you come back, you have a clean slate, right? Mm -hmm. In your office, in your space. So you wanna take the time to, you know, file away any stacks of papers or books in your office if possible. Recycle papers you don't need, throw away stuff you don't need. Um, file folders are your best friend. I'm, I am a fan of filing, like file, files, I love files. Um, I have folders for each of my classes that includes a lot of different things and that's how I, I organize and just set my, my space. So mm -hmm. that's mine. I'm gonna throw in that some of the best advice I was ever given is related a little bit to this one. And it was given to me by Chris Nielsen, shout out to my buddy Chris. Yo Chris. Who basically said, don't count on being able to get anything done during accountability week. Yes. Right, because it's, it's more than just meetings too, it's saying hi to people. Yep. It's taking time with people that you haven't seen for a few months. Yeah, reestablishing right. your connections. Yeah. Right, right. And, Which is really important. That's all really, really important stuff. Right. So get the syllabi completed, get your first week's lessons plans done, get all of that done, and then show up for the week's worth of meetings and communication and whatnot. And you know what? That that advice was golden, I'm just gonna say. It's great advice. It's true. Yeah, it's truth. That's gold, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great advice. And because I often hear sometimes new faculty when they're just starting freaking out. Freaking out, 
because they they start on the first day like and they're trying to put everything together and then you have some of those seasoned people who've been around for a while who have already taken the time to prep before because we know that you're not really going to get as much done as you planned on getting done so okay tip number five this tip comes to us from professor holly jacobus uh, who is a composition instructor here at glendale community college and one of the things that she does or tries to do is schedule everything so grading time working on her idp which at gcc is our individual development plan uh, reading emails so she's working all of that into her calendar and i think this is this is really really important the busier you are the more important that is and tanisha's got a good tag for that oh yeah absolutely so tanisha's tag is i think we naturally want to schedule everything when it comes to work, but I think we also have to schedule me time on our calendar where you actually schedule time for yourself. Because if you don't, you find yourself like three, three months in and you haven't taken time for yourself because you've been so busy, busy, busy. So I think it's very important to put me time on your calendar. I highly recommend getting a monthly academic calendar and just putting all of these things on your schedule. Mm-hmm. So things like grading time, scheduling time, IDP time, me time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is something that I personally struggle with. So for those who are listening right now, I don't want you to think that like I have it together because <laughs> it's, I think having it together is really a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot, the, the tips that we have for you today is really from just us being works in progress. I don't have it all figured out. There are still some areas that I need to work on. And one of them is scheduling me time. So one of the things I have not been successful in is scheduling my me time. And then, and then I'm like a month in to work and I have to ask myself, Tanisha, what was the last time you had a day for you? And I can't even answer that question. Can you relate, Cheryl? I can relate. And I was going to say I can, not to one up or anything, but there are a lot of times where if I don't put the academic calendar, our actual academic calendar when the campus is closed and stuff like that, if I don't put that in my calendar, I show up for work Yes. when there's nobody here. And I'm like, uh where's everyone and yeah so I mean I have to put that stuff in and that that then prompts me to think about well could I take a vacation around this right you know but right I wouldn't forget that and show no, up no I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I put that on my calendar too because I have <laughs> that fear mm-hmm. and and even when I tell my students I'm like don't show up on this day because you will be by yourself wondering where everybody else is at so I think it's very important to schedule that because you plan out your personal time your vacation time if you go to conferences, right, the, yeah. the conference time and, and there's prep for when you're gone. So having that listed throughout the semester is extremely helpful and I highly recommend it. And a tip for you guys that I'm going to try to practice as well because I, I have failed every semester to do this and I'm determined to do it this semester is that I'm going to try to schedule my me time days around like the, the day of my birthday. So nice. the day of my birthday is May 8th. So it's one of those oh. things where if I can try Ooh. to schedule something around the eighth of every month, right, for my oh. me time and put yeah. it on my calendar, then that would be a little bit better. So I had this idea like two semesters ago. I have failed both semesters to try to get it done. But if you're wondering maybe how to do that, I'm, I'm going to attempt to do that this semester for myself and really just try to get it done. But I think that would be something helpful for people. Hey, just try to schedule something around the day of your 
Let's all hold Tanisha accountable. Hold me accountable. <laughs> and talk to her like first week of the month. Hey, what you doing for your me time? Yes. <laughs> hold me accountable. If you see me walking around campus and or if you see me like if you want to send me an email and be like, Tanisha, have you taken your day off? Uh, you if you hold me accountable, I will definitely do it because I want to be able to respond and say, yes, I have done it. Right. So I don't mind that. I'm open. I won't get offended if you if you bring that up to me. Cool. <laughs> All right, tip four. Um, tip four is one that makes me feel better when I walk into every class. And so that is just um, basically writing the students' names onto an attendance chart of some sort, first name and last name. Um, and then another thing, and we do this in the English department anyway, is looking up test scores on the students to make sure that their placement is correct. And when we look that up, we get all kinds of information about classes they've taken and so forth. So when I walk into a class for the first time, I feel like, well, I already know the names of the students who are in here. And I even already know what their scores were on the placement test. So I, I kind of have a little bit of an idea of where the room is in terms of its, maybe its range. Um, not not perfect, by the way, but, but a better picture than I had of just walking in and not even have looked at the roster yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that makes me feel better if I do that. That's it. That's all I got for you on tip four. Okay. And then Cheryl, I had a question for you. Do you feel, do you feel like you have to do that with faculty sometimes when you work with faculty like kind of collecting information about like what they're looking for, their yeah. style of teaching yeah, so that sometimes. you can help them out? Sometimes, uh, for example, giving a workshop, I might just like take a look at the list of people who registered, um, look them up on the website, figure out what department they're in, maybe what some of the classes are that they teach, just so that maybe I'll be bringing in some relevant examples to them. Okay. Right? And mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of thing is, is really helpful. Yeah. I think that just goes back to knowing your audience, knowing your audience, which yep. we mentioned in a previous podcast. Know who your audience is, so then mm -hmm. that way you can you can serve them better. Right. Yep. Awesome. So I guess that takes us down to number three. And number three is from me, and mine is reset your sleeping schedule. So I had faculty in mind for this tip because faculty – you know, we're off on the summer and you sleep in a little bit more, you get up a little bit later, you stay up a little bit later because you're probably binging on something on Netflix. So the sleeping schedule is a little <laughs> bit off. No, that's not happening. So, uh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. It's totally happening. Yeah. So, so over the summer, the sleeping schedule can change. So before coming back, I recommend... Uh, just taking the time to reset your schedule, even if like you don't have a class at eight o'clock in the morning and you need to be up early to prepare for the eight o'clock class it, for the fall semester, just get back into the swing of it so that you're not struggling when it's time to be up during that time. Uh, before coming back, I usually start getting up earlier so that I can adjust before coming back. I actually have already jumped into my reset right now. So Ooh. my reset involves actually getting up around four four o'clock in the morning four fifteen in the morning just so that i can get going for my day and and that day usually it usually includes working out in the morning and 
doing some other things before I actually come to work. So I, I have to reset my schedule from sleeping in till till 6 a.m. in the morning to pushing my clock back to around 4.15. So I actually started that this week. So, because I want to be ready. Because I know myself. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's mine. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Tip two. Tip two. I love this one. And... I know this next one is not everyone's teaching style, but man, I cannot emphasize enough having a lesson plan for all of your classes. Uh, Now, I know everyone doesn't necessarily follow a lesson plan. I know some faculty who are more kind of like go with the flow and the lesson will manifest itself or will create itself, which I understand. Hey, if that's your style, that's your vibe. (laughs) This tip may not be for you. But the truth of the matter is that having some type of plan, even though it's really general, I find it to be really helpful. Uh, Will you follow it exactly to the T? No. Will you more than likely make changes throughout the semester? Yes. I feel that a plan for me, and I don't know if this is for everyone else, it gives me a peace of mind of knowing what to expect for the day, the week, or the month. So me personally, I have a lesson plan for every single class that I have. Uh, I, I just make sure it's structured and ready to go. And I never always stick to it. It, it makes changes. I still kind of have that go with the flow type feeling when it comes to making those changes. But I can't see myself not having a plan before the semester. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. Now we're coming down to our final tip. Tip number one and we are turning this over entirely to Cheryl, who is going to talk a little bit about accessibility. Cheryl. Okay. So this doesn't have to be entirely to me. I would hope that you will jump in okay. if okay. you have something. But um, the tip is to think about accessibility when you're working on creating So your course materials, your lesson plans, your things like that. Um, When I think about accessibility, I'm thinking about a mindset for faculty or for people like me who create workshops for faculty and staff. Um, If you think about ability, you can think of your ability to do things as being on a, a spectrum from more able to less able. And this can change on any given day. So... On any particular day, you might be more or less able to see or hear or walk Mm -hmm. or focus, um, sustain your attention, read print, communicate verbally, tune out distractions, learn, um, manage your physical and mental health. Like all of those things, um, some days you're better at it, some days not so much. So if we, if we keep that mindset when we create things for our students, um, <clears throat> well, like we wouldn't worry about a classroom. Can somebody get in the door? Those physical things about our buildings and our spaces, those have been taken care of. But like digital things that you're giving to your students, whether you're emailing or making a syllabus available for download in Canvas, or you're putting content into a Canvas page or a quiz, that's where I'm, I'm talking about, of keeping their, your mindset open. So there's little things that you can just do on a regular basis that over time will make your materials, things that you create, 
be more accessible to students with and without disabilities. They don't just help someone with a disability, but people without them benefit too. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about you going to a grocery store, <clears throat> probably for decades the doors have opened for you when you step on that little mat. Mm -hmm. That was developed for people with mobility issues. Mm -hmm. But it helps everybody. Like you got all those bags and you don't have to worry about the door. It's just going to open when right. you go out. Right. right. So um, when we do things like that, we maybe unknowingly make our materials more accessible for things like people using their mobile device instead of a regular computer, mm -hmm. which a lot of our students do almost exclusively to get yes. their off-campus mm -hmm. yes. access to Canvas. Right. Um, so it just it makes things better for everybody. And I guess um, one of my number one tips for how you can start that mindset is whenever you want to use, say, a picture and put it in content somewhere, um, understand what the purpose and the function of that picture is within your content. Like, Why are you putting it there? What is it expressing? And then see if you can't also describe that um, on the page around the picture, in, right in front of it, right below it. Um, think about it as almost like a phone test. So if you were reading your content aloud to somebody and you came to that picture, what would you say? Mm. Um, right? If you can think about that and include it in the context, you'll automatically help out people that maybe for one reason or another look at that picture and just don't get right. exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. So it'll, it'll help everybody, but it'll also be there for someone who actually can't see the picture. Right. So that's my, my top tip about how to do it. But the main tip is have an accessibility mindset. Which I think is really important because we don't always have an accessibility mindset, right? As when we're thinking about creating and designing our content online, I guess if you don't teach online often, I, I think it can. But even if you don't, if you put stuff in Canvas, uh, it still should probably be accessible. accessible. Yes. The more accessible that it is, the less work you might have to do later if you encounter someone with a need. But mostly if you think about it, we want to be inclusive. Right. Mm -hmm. And that represents like diversity and different right. cultures and all kinds of things. But it, that it, inclusivity includes, ex, you know, people with disabilities and accessibility for them. Right. Yeah. So you're really just extending that inclusivity. That's great. That's I, awesome. I love that tip, Cheryl. I love the accessibility mindset. Right. So we're always thinking about it. Yes. Perfect. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. You're welcome. I'm Thanks for letting me talk. See why it. we love her so much. <laughs> Just dropping nuggets of insight. That was really Cheryl's nugget, which I it appreciate. Yep. Yeah. If I can have a nugget, that's my nugget. Have an open, accessible mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. I love it. So. Thanks for listening to Two Profs in a Pod. See you in season two.